everyone, my name is Tyler Stans, and this is the What's Playing Tonight podcast. And I'm joined here today, on this very special day, by the Lime Knight in the Limelight. Still haven't figured out a new catchphrase, huh? No, and that one's hard to say. <laughs> it is me, everybody. I am Raceland. And I'm also joined by the silver-eyed wolf sage monk himself. Also known as Nate. Thank you. You just keep adding aliases to your your stuff. Uh, actually, I think Sage Monk was the original alias. No, the original like alias was a TV show. Uh, ah, I don't know. When did that come out? I don't know. Was that like 2005? I'm, yeah, then I would have Sage Monk before that. It was before you were born, Nate. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. Oh, so okay. probably in the 50s sometime. Okay. Because you're old. Yeah. I'm an old man in yep. spirit and in age. Nate, what have you been watching? Well, I'm glad you asked, Ty. I know you uh, are. So I watched the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Loved it. Uh, little nitpicky spots here and there, but due to continuity, understandable. Um, and also watched Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, which I liked... For the most part, but it was, I would say, a mid-tier MCU movie. I don't agree with that, but okay. Okay, Raceland. What, <laughs> all right, first, first, what what do you think about Multiverse of Madness, and then what have you been watching? I think Multiverse of Madness was better than the original Doctor Strange. Yeah, no, I, I can agree with that, because I don't really remember much of the original Doctor Strange film. I, I wouldn't say, like, top five best Marvel movies, but it's definitely not a mid-tier I mean, oh, that's just me. Everybody's entitled to their opinions. That is true. Don't we know it? How about you? Or first, what have you been watching? Uh, well, the only thing different than last pod is that me and my wife started watching New Girl. Um, Who's that I've, girl? It's Jess. I've, I've watched some New Girl when it first started. I never finished it. I think I had to like season three, but my wife's never seen it and she's loving it. So yeah, it's, that's it's what I've been show. watching. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, what about you, Ty? Oh, I don't know if you guys know this, but a little show called Stranger Things released two more episodes this week, so I watched that last night. Uh, the okay. first episode was an hour and a half, and the second episode was two and a half hours long. That's not that even is, an episode. That's a that's movie. A movie. Is that it's practically a movie. movie. That's and, as long as this movie is. And you know what? That's longer than some actual movie. And you know what? I'm just going to say it. Stranger Things... It's still the best show on television, even after that. Okay. Never seen a single second. Understandable. I, I've heard nothing but great things about that show. And then, uh, Raceland, what, what, did, what did you think of Star Wars, uh, Obi-Wan? Obi-Wan? Oh, I liked it. I, it's, I've stated before, it's my favorite thing recently that Disney's put out of Star Wars. And then, listeners, if you want to know what I thought about Obi-Wan, you can uh, look at our bonus episode that we did. Um and hear all our thoughts about that and give us some of those clicks yeah it uh features a special guest star gib underscore ca yes he's a uh star wars enthusiast knows more about star wars than Any almost anyone i know well if we still had like the legend stuff i bet you would probably know more but yeah probably but he knows more about canon star wars than anyone else <laughs> i know and I, I've been left in the dirt. <laughs> you have. Disney bought your toys and told them you can't play with them anymore. 
The only thing um, out of the uh, the non Disney Star Wars that I want to come to Disney is I want Star Killer from the games to come to Disney. Well, he was. He's in the Force Awakens. No, he wasn't. Yeah, Star Killer base. Talking about the base. Oh, I'm talking about the dude yeah. from the game. He knows. The Star Killer is in the Force Awakens, though. Okay, I don't remember the, that at all. <laughs> the he's not talking about the person. He's talking oh. about the base. Oh. So, boys, uh, there was another question I wanted to ask you this week besides what y'all been watching. All right. Um, and this, this brings us to a new segment of our show that I like to call The What's Files. So I wanted to ask you guys, uh, just for no reason, really, um... I'll start with you, Nate. Do you believe in aliens? Yes. Yes, I do. Raceland, do you believe in aliens? Sure. I don't think that we're the only life forms out here. That's ridiculous to think. Wow. Did, this was a lot less. Uh, to, uh, yeah, yeah. Need one of, this is uh, this is not as uh, contentious as I had hoped for. Maybe we'll just keep going. Uh, uh, Nate, do you believe that aliens have visited us? Yeah, I believe the possibility exists. Raceland, do you believe? No, I don't think aliens have been to this little planet called Earth because why would they care about Earth out of the billions and billions of planets out there? The only reason they would even come here is like in the movie we're talking about today, maybe to like get our resources, but I don't see that happening. I think there's life forms out here, but way far away. I mean... Now, intelligent life forms? Nate's cooking. Probably, probably, but who knows? Like, it could literally just be, like, some, like, one-celled organisms out there. You, we don't know, so but... The, the dam is about to burst on Nate's mouth. I can see it. That's okay. I'll just keep going. No, no, no. We will... <laughs> Nate, respond. Well, I'm just, like... Okay. Why would you... You don't think intelligent life forms would care about our planet? Which... Is a person or a perfectly reasonable thing. We're not extremely advanced and all that. But then why do people go to zoos to watch animals that are nowhere near as advanced as we are? That's true. They could easily just be watching us be idiots. <laughs> all I see is that a, an alien species comes to observe Earth and like, let's see what these life forms are like. And then they're like, wow, these guys are just destroying each other. They're just destroying their planet. Ah. This is stupid, and then they'll leave. Yeah. Uh, I think it was there was a online short story I read where aliens kind of did that. They showed up, watched Earth, and was like, oh, never mind. They kill themselves. We do not want to interact with them. E and they exactly. Just leave. Like, look at every alien movie ever. When there's an alien that shows up, what's the first thing we do is like, let's destroy that. We don't know what that is. Kill it. That's actually a talking point later for me. Speaking of talking points, that has been the What's Files. I don't really have any uh, segue for that. Um, but the movie we watched this week um, is uh, kind of uh, on theme because it is, uh, for us Americans, it is 4th of July weekend. Uh, 4th of July, also known as Independence Day, which coincidentally is also the name of the movie that we watched this week. Yes. Uh, yeah. A movie that 
I think we can all agree is dear to us all. Great I movie. would say so. So Independence Day, also promoted as ID4, although I don't think I've ever seen anyone call it that. Yeah, uh, I what? it was the I didn't even know that. Yeah. Doing research for this movie, I think, was the first time I saw that. So it's that a, was so funny. Yeah. But then again, I was like a kid when this first came out, so I probably just didn't pay attention. So this is a uh, 1996 American science fiction action film directed by Roland Emmerich and written by Emmerich and Dean Devlin. It stars an, an ensemble cast that includes Will Smith, Bill Pullman, Jeff Goldblum, Mary McDonnell, Judd Hirsch, Margaret Collin, Randy Quaid, Robert Lagaya, James Rebhorn, Harvey Fierstein, and Harry Connick, and that's not even all of them. Uh, the film focuses on disparate groups of people who converge in the Nevada desert in the aftermath of a worldwide attack by a powerful extraterrestrial race. With the other people of the world, they launch a counterattack on July 4th, Independence Day in the United States. Yes, it is. It all it produces like one of the greatest speeches uh, later in cinema. Well, on Independence Day, like it is. That was, I think, isn't that the title of the speech? I think yeah. he wants to save the speech for later. Yeah. I have one thing I've always wondered, because like you pointed out, Ty, this is a movie based on the American holiday, Independence Day. I wonder how other countries, like, view this movie. Well, they probably think it's dumb. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have much... Uh, I don't really talk about it's Independence not, Day with other people. It's not really country, based so. on. It's not really based on the yeah. American holiday. It just kind of takes place on it. It's kind of like a uh, Die Hard. It, like some people consider it a Christmas movie, even it because it's set during Christmas, even it though is. it's mainly an action film. That's a good Christmas. My favorite Christmas movie. That's so uh, we have. Uh, let's take a look at our cast here. We have uh, Will Smith as uh, Captain Hiller. He is a pilot. And he is uh, Raceland. So is this Will Smith's like break one of his breakout movies? No, uh, he, no. I think he was in several movies before this. Well, nineteen ninety six. I know he was still doing Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I think right. Fresh Prince yeah. ended in nineteen ninety six. Yes. Oh, really? So yeah. For some reason, I thought it went on till like, or like mid, uh, late nineties, early two thousands. I guess I was wrong. Let's see here. Uh, by 1996, he had already done Bad Boys. Really? Uh, wow. Where the Day Takes You. Made in America and, and six, six Degrees, degrees. of Separation. Yeah. I've only seen Bad Boys out of that list. But, I, you know, I don't know. Will Smith, uh, this is probably... I haven't seen any of those movies besides Bad Boys. Same. I know this Bad is Boys definitely, is big. This is definitely one of the movies that kind of helped further him into the public consciousness as a movie actor. Yeah. I mean, look, look how many times he's quoted as welcome to earth for that, from this movie. He's got, he's got some great lines in this movie. Yeah. Yep. Um, thoughts on Will Smith in the movie. I liked him a lot. He was, uh, like it's peak. Am I like, it's yeah, it's peak Will Smith action. It really is. Uh, and like, the one-liners just really suit his suit him. He has always been really good at the catchy one-liner stuff. Yeah, take take everything that's gone recently with Will Smith out of everything. 
I've always loved Will Smith. Like he, anytime he's in a movie, usually I like that movie, and I love his performance in this movie. Yeah, I won't talk too much about Will Smith's personal life, but I will. I will say that I do believe his uh, performance in this movie really slaps. Oh yeah, dude. No, <laughs> man, that's funny. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. He told that alien to keep his name out of the mouth. Yeah, yeah, he really did. All right, that's uh, that's the last Will Smith joke we're gonna make on the podcast. Fruit. It sure is. Uh, kind of like where's the money? Anyway, um, hey, hey, hey. Uh, Bill Pullman plays President Thomas J. Whitmore. He's a former fighter pilot and a Gulf War veteran, and uh, one of the greatest, in my opinion, on-screen presidents that we've ever had. Oh, definitely by far. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I can actually, I can agree with that. Also, Bill Pullman is also one of the best dads in Casper. Yeah. He's in Casper? He's in Casper. He's the dad in Casper. Like the 90s friendly ghost Casper. Yes. Yes, yes. Oh, man. I haven't seen that since I was like seven. (laughs) He's also in what else, Nate? Hmm? What else is he in, Nate? I don't know. Aren't you a Spaceballs fan? Oh, I am. He's he Lone Star. <gasps> oh, I am. Lone Star. <laughs> I never put that together. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's you know, funny because I I am a massive Spaceballs fan. I just wasn't. I was reading some other thing. Oh, I love Another Spaceballs. factual thing on here. So, but yeah. Bill Pullman's been in a lot of movies, but there's only there's one more I'm going to mention. Uh, and this one hold this one is uh important for me and Nate. Uh he was also in the movie Newsies. Mm-hmm. So what yeah, do we it, think of uh Bill Pullman? He's great in this movie. Yeah. I would is. say he is my second favorite character in this movie. Yeah, he's probably one of my favorite characters, I think. Yeah. Yeah. By far I can one of the that. best roles in this movie for sure. Yeah. Uh he like this movie is one of the movies that is guaranteed to just make me shed a tear at least like three times. There's one the scene with the president that I was just like, the feels, man. The yeah, feels. It, it hit me pretty hard this time watching it. Uh, <laughs> but the scene where uh, he loses, like he's talking to his wife. That's and I'm theme. just like, oh, man, that it's, it's sad feels. stuff. It's sad stuff. And Bill Pullman, the, da- Go ahead, the daughter's like, the daughter's like, is mommy sleeping? I was like, oh no! And he's like, yeah, honey, she's sleeping. Like, Bill uh, Bill Pullman always yeah. looks like he has a like a like a haunted look to him, like he's seen some stuff. He does, e- like even when he's being comical or anything like that, it there's some kind of just edge to his eyes where he's yeah. just like, well, there's a real there's <laughs> real. He is supposed to be like I've seen wartime, so it would make sense. That's fair. Yeah, he yeah. is a he is a veteran. And, and then uh, we have uh, possibly our I guess our third main character, uh, Jeff Goldblum as David Levinson. He's an MIT educated satellite engineer and a technological expert. And what that means is he's a cable repair man. Oh man, I, Jeff Goldblum is my favorite character in this movie. I love Jeff Goldblum. 
the character and the actor. I just love Jeff Goldblum so much. Well, if you love the actor Jeff Goldblum, you probably love most of his characters because he, he kind he of plays, plays himself. Of yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I one also love un- Jeff Goldblum in this movie. One of the most Agreed. underrated shows is of Jeff Goldblum's is on Disney Plus, and that's the uh, where I forget what it's called, but it's where Jeff Goldblum goes around and just like talks to people about strange things. Yeah, oh, I agree. Actually, I think that show's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's Isn't really that, good. like named after him. Yeah, it's yeah, like it Jeff is. Goldblum talks to you or something like that. I don't know. What yeah, it's, called. it's so funny. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I've been meaning to. Oh, yeah, you should I, definitely check it out. And, and then even though we, we've stated that Jeff Goldblum basically plays himself in this movie, I still think he does a really good job in yeah. this movie. This was like, it, uh, this is post-Jurassic Park. Um, and it seems like he had developed some catchphrases that he was like contractually obligated to say in his movies after Jurassic Park because he... In Jurassic Park, when they're driving away from the T-Rex, he's like, must go faster, must go faster. And he says it again in this movie <laughs> on the spaceship. Oh, man. Um, And then we got uh, Mary McDonnell as First Lady Marilyn Whitmore, the wife of Thomas Whitmore. She's not in the movie very much. But, but she definitely pulls the heartstrings. She does. She seems like a nice First Lady. Yeah. yeah. And, like, there's this scene where he uh her husband tells her to get out of there and to come be with him and his daughter and she's like i mean i will but i want to make sure they're not bad mouthing you i'm like she stands up for him and that's kind of the whole reason she stays behind and i'm just like ah, damn. yeah loyalty it hurts yeah you, you knew it was coming though yeah and we have go ahead it just, it never prepares you, really. And then we have uh, Judd Hirsch as Julius Levinson. That's David's father. Uh, plays a lot of chess. Um, he's got some funny lines, too. Oh, he's, he's got he, some of the funniest lines. And then he's got some lines that, uh, I don't know, they, they kind of strike me as weird sometimes. <laughs> it's just like he's just on the plane. He's like, all you need is love. Don Lennon, smart guy. Shot him in the back. Terrible. And I was like, I'm not sure. Was that supposed to be funny or? You know, I almost feel like the actress that uh, played Jeff Goldblum's estranged wife. I don't know if they were ever divorced or not. Um, I don't remember. But the look she gave him after he said that, I don't know if she knew if that was supposed to be funny or not. Okay, so I think... And this, I don't know this for sure because I haven't really looked into it, but I feel like a lot of his lines were improvised because there's another line, there's another line where they're, him and David are driving to Washington and he's like, they want you, they, they, they want you, they'll call you, they get HBO. And, and like, it pans over to Goldblum and he's got like an actual genuine smile on his face. Like, he's like laughing at the actual yeah. line. And I, and I was wondering... I wonder if that was uh, not in the script or something like that. But it's a good line, so. Yeah. My favorite, my favorite line of the dad was when he was talking to Jeff Goldblum's character when he's drunk, and he's like, he's just like, oh, you know, you're gonna get get a cold, you know, you need to just get yourself together. And then it's just like, oh, what did you just say? It's like that, that he's the reason why they even thought of the virus and all that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He's the hero yeah. of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
He convinces well, them he, to listen to him on Air Force One. He gives them yeah, the because, idea of the virus. He drives them to Washington. Like he, yeah, because he's like, yo, uh, what are you gonna do? You gonna just walk through the front door of the president's house of the White House? And he's like, that's the plan, yeah. <laughs> well, he even like tears them down for like not having any contingency plans about this whatsoever, even though they had already had alien contact before. Yeah, he knows about Area Fifty One. Yeah, he's like all this and they're all kind of laughing at him until the secretary of defense is like oh wait um yeah no he about that we'll get to him in a minute okay the um he his character is just a central part of it even though he's like a supposed to be a side character and he doesn't say much it's just what he does it's super important right the driving force of the movie (laughs) like a lot of jeff goldblum's character stuff is because of his dad it's true. He's a good dad. Another he good is. dad in movies. Um, yeah. We have Robert Lagaya as General William Gray. Um, he's kind of uh, the president's like most loyal guy in this is movie. That the, is that the yeah. older guy who's like, yeah. stay with the president? And so, uh, he's been in a lot of movies. Um, I don't know that I've seen too many of them, but he's got a very recognizable face. He was in Scarface and uh, Big. <laughs> <laughs> the uh um and then some other stuff but i don't know but i think i really like his character because um he's like uh the president's evacuating everybody and he's like uh sir I, I, with your permission i'd like to stay he's like i thought you might and it's like this man the loyalty the brotherhood so, i i like the uh general grave for like for the loyalty but also for another reason, because he kind of goes against the normal action hero general in command kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Because usually it's the general that's like, we need to use the military. We need to bomb the heck out of these things. And it, he's the one saying, um, no, let's not do that. Let's strategize and, yeah. you know, maybe find other ways to know. Not have casualties. No, that yeah, that role was taken up by the Secretary of Defense. And again, yeah. we'll get to him in a minute. <laughs> but he's coming up. Don't worry. Yeah, I promise. <laughs> um, we have uh, Randy Quaid as uh, yeah. Russell Cass. Um, I think that yeah, I think that's how you say. He is an he is a uh, crop duster, former war pilot, a bit of an alcoholic, maybe more a than bit. a bit. A bit. Yeah. But ultimately, seems to be a good dad and cares for his kids a lot. So he's uh, he's got a bit of a. Everybody thinks he's crazy because we don't. It's never made clear if he was like actually abducted by aliens, but it. Yeah, I was gonna ask that. He, he he believes he was, and yeah. the fact so that aliens actually, showed up. That's actually a talking I've been point telling for me you. <laughs> because there's a scene where. He become or they're like they're desperate for pilots at this point. Like, okay, let's start with you. And he's like, oh, okay. And he gets up and he tells them his little story. Then he's like, oh, I just want to thank you all for giving me a chance to fight against the aliens who abducted me on the. And I'm like, okay, yeah. But then the two soldiers who are recruiting <laughs> people look at each other like, oh yeah, sure, bro. I'm like, wait, aliens destroying the planet. <laughs> yeah, why are you skeptical about this? To be fair. Those two soldiers were the Area 51 soldiers, so they would probably know if aliens have been here in the last 10 years or not. Except, But they have! 
Yeah, like they had no. research. They landed in the 1950s, and from what I can tell they in the movie, crashed in the 1950s. Yes, they crashed in the 1950s. Come on, Nate. Landing well, well, just another happy here's landing. My, well, no. Here's my point, though. They crashed in the 1950s. It yeah. doesn't say that they knew about them until they crashed. It could be that they were. Com they were completely unaware of them until they crashed. Okay, so but if they were completely unaware of them. Then the aliens could have landed unawares, kidnapped people, and well, done things. All right, if you let me finish what I was gonna say, okay, <laughs> just go just a second. I know they crashed in the 1950s, Nate. This movie takes place in 1996. Randy Quaid mm -hmm. says he was abducted like ten, ten years, years ago. ago. They found the ship in the 50s and started experimenting on the stuff they would know if the aliens had been there like 10 years before the invasion started see again i don't agree with that because they say they knew know Rachel, a lot should about... we mute him i'm not well, i'm just saying they know a lot about or they say they know a lot about the alien tech because they studied it but th what did they really know about them? They didn't oh really gosh. say anything. All right, we got to move on. You you don't agree because you don't agree. I get it. Anyway, uh, Margaret Collin as Constance Spano. Uh, that's Whitmore's White House communication director and David's ex-wife. Yep. <laughs> is that all you have to say about it, Raceland? I mean, she's not really that important of a character. Nate? Uh... I, I kind of agree, but don't agree. How how do you? Uh, I guess I don't. I guess I don't have much to say about her either. Now that I think about yeah. it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> she's, she's in the movie. She's out of there. <laughs> uh, she is uh, there to make sure that David has a way to talk to the president. Yeah. And then she all of a sudden's like, oh, you know what? I think I still do have feelings for you. Yep. Yeah. And that was it. I, that that's her character. Well, yeah. Yeah, because. Yeah, no, I really don't really have much to say about her. Okay, well, how about Vivica A. Fox as Jasmine Dubro? That's uh, Will Smith's girlfriend and the mother of uh, Dylan. And uh, future wife. And future wife, film. yes. Yeah. She likes dolphins. Uh, ugliest I, ring ever, by the way. It's pretty ugly. <laughs> it is ugly, uh, but eh. if she likes it, that I guess that's all that matters. Um, but... Like, I like her character's resourcefulness because she's pretty much the reason why the president gets to see his wife one last time, uh, why several survivors make it out of the city. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I, she, she has more good, to do than uh, David's yeah, ex-wife. Yeah. yeah. The, the last character we mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's one uh, scene with her that I absolutely can't stand. And it's on. just a, a nitpicky thing. The scene where everything's blowing up and she grabs her kid. She's like, called the dog in there and she busts through the door. And then the explosion happens. Ah! Yeah. That's not how explosions work. The door is open. It would kill her immediately. You're not wrong. Um, yeah. I like how, uh, so the dog, his name is Boomer. And then uh, she calls the dog over. <laughs> And he jumps in and makes it out of the fire. And she's like, Open okay, Boomer. 
<laughs> I didn't even catch that. I know. <laughs> but yeah, good. All they right. were trolling us 20 years early. I have a uh I have a feeling that we have quite You're a bit not boomers. <laughs> I have I have quite a feeling well Nate you are. Oh uh, yeah, I am. I I have a feeling we have quite a bit to say about this next character, uh James Rebhorn as Albert Nimziki, the Secretary of Defense and a former CIA director. One of the worst characters in the movie. Uh screw him. <laughs> yeah. He does not, he's not thing. very helpful. Go ahead. No. Okay. So the whole thing is that Area 51, the president doesn't even know. Why does the Secretary of State know about Area 51? Well, I think he Plausible deniability. And also, Stupid. he was CIA. So it could have just been like secrets of the government and whatnot. Uh, but the moment aliens are a threat, like publicly, it's no. It should no longer be plausible deniability. It should be let's include the commander in chief. You would think that maybe that would have come up uh, once the spaceship started showing yeah. up. and and let's the whole like, well, let's see if we can take down the the ships with the first line of defense. Oh yeah, by the way, I knew about the shields. I just thought maybe it'd work. But again, I don't think he knew about the ships. That goes back to what I was saying earlier. They don't know much about the alien ships. But because... he even stated that he knew that they had shields. When? I'm pretty sure he mentioned that, didn't he? He mentioned they had ships. I thought, like they I had... swear he said that they he knew about the shields. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. I don't but... remember. Okay. If he, or I don't remember that part either. So if he does, that makes another talking point I have even more idiotic. All right. Uh... There is a scene where they decide, okay, we can't make peace with these aliens. Let's nuke them. Without having discussed anything about the shields, they now have discovered they have. Like, they've, they've lost several pilots to the ships because they can't do any damage to them. The shields are there, all that. Why do they all of a sudden think a nuke is going to do anything to these sh ships? Like... That's classic. That's classic human being thinking. Our guns are bigger than theirs. It'll obviously destroy it. Yeah, I guess it. It just <laughs> if he did mention the shields later on, that makes that whole interaction even more dumb. He's a dumb character. He's he is, uh, he yeah, he's a very dumb character. I love the scene when he gets like, "I don't need you anymore. You're fired," and he's just like, "You don't. You can't do this." The world's ending. I don't care about your position. <laughs> so, fun thing about Roland Emmerich, who directed this movie, is that uh, he can hold a bit of a grudge. And uh, a lot of times in his movies, he will insert characters based off of people that have wronged him in real life. Oh, no. <laughs> so, Albert Nimziki is the name of the character. Mm -hmm. um, the character's eventual firing uh, lampoons Joe Nimziki who was MGM's head of advertising, who made life unpleasant for Devlin and Emmerich when uh, the studio executives forced recuts of Stargate. Oh, yeah, I can definitely see the parallels then. And, uh, yeah, he does stuff like that. Um, like, he has uh, characters in Godzilla 1998 that are supposed to be the critics, uh, Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert, right. and they're just portrayed as complete idiots and buffoons because... The critics didn't like his movies. So he he's he can be a bit petty sometimes. 
Yeah, I mean, dang. So our I, next, go ahead. I was just saying, I I can be petty myself, but making an entire character and putting it in a film that's going to be immortalized, like that is that's next level. So our next character is uh, Harvey Firestein as Marty Gilbert. He's uh, David Levinson's coworker. Uh, he's got that kind of very raspy voice. Oh, that dude's voice is so annoying. Y'all ever seen Mulan? Like yeah. the? Are you talking about the animated version? Yes. Yeah. He is a uh, Yao in Mulan. The, the little short the guy. The little short guy. Yeah, that makes what? sense. It makes sense. I can hear it. Uh, other than that, he's not in it very much. Um, uh, he is basically just the friend who died. I gotta call my mother. <laughs> and screw his lawyer. Screw like, my lawyer. Don't need to call him. <laughs> Let him die. <laughs> so uh, uh, next we have Adam, Adam Baldwin as Major Mitchell. He's kind of the major guy in charge of uh, Area 51. We've seen him in a couple of things also. Nate. He the guy with the short with the long hair? No, he's yeah, the guy I, with the short hair. Yeah, he's oh, okay. the military uh, the guy. The one who like, tells Miguel, you should be proud of your father. Oh, the one who shoots the alien? Yes. Uh, at the yeah. end? Okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. So, yeah, I know him mainly from this TV series, Chuck. Yes. Uh, love that series. In this, that character is, like, if he's supposed... I guess he's supposed, like you said, he's in charge of Area 51, so I guess he'd be, like, in charge of security and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, security, I guess. He sucks at his job. Why? Because, first off, when Will Smith's character brings his alien in, they literally say, how long has it been unconscious? So they know it's not dead. Then, they take it to the lab to do whatever, with no guards whatsoever at the lab. All those scientists end up getting killed by that alien because there's no guards to save them. Then when they get in there, he's like, oh, let's open the door because he's still there. For some reason, not realizing that the lead doctor has a tentacle wrapped around his throat and he's like, ah. And he's already slammed against the wall. Yeah. Like, oh, let me Gee, like, Nate, it sure sounds like you hate this movie. No, I love nitpicking and I do love this. You film. didn't go this hard on Army of the Dead. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's because I love this movie way more than I love. Yeah, but you don't have to be so Army angry about it, man. I'm angry because... This character sucks. You didn't think about it. This sucks. He's stupid. Well, no, I don't like him. I'm angry because <laughs> the guy had one job, and he's just horrible at it. Well, he's too seems busy like giving the president a tour. He seems like he's like har harshing on this character a lot more than he did the Secretary of State. Well, no. Screw the Secretary of State. I actually... Like, the character himself, I like his personality. That's the, four, the four minutes he's in the movie. Yeah, like, he seems like a decent guy, like, goes up to the kid, like, you should be proud of your dad, like, he's he's a decent guy, he understands that this kid's going through some crap because of it, but, yeah, he's just so horrible at his job. Well, speaking of Area 51, uh, Brent Spiner is there, Dr. Brackish Okun, Okun? Long-haired guy? Long-haired yeah. guy, uh, probably most famously... Uh, most famous Data. for playing Data on Star Trek, yes. Yeah. Holy crap, he's Data on Star Trek? Yeah. Yep. I believe he's also the main villain and master of disguise. 
Oh my god, he is. What am I I've saying? He's seen... more famous for that. He, yeah, yeah he, every time he gets into a laughing fit, he farts, and it's really funny. Yeah. Never Great movie. It. Well, don't worry. Um, I'm going to pick it now. There you go. Sure. Um, it's, a, it's a funny movie. Now, I think that I've gone through... Are there any other characters that you can think of that we need to talk about? Not that um, I can think of. We got Miguel... Uh, I just kind of like a background character, like, oh, my dad is a hero. Uh, Harry Connick Jr. is in this movie as Will Smith's yeah. fighter pilot buddy. Yeah. The one who gets uh, blown up. Yes. Yeah. He's like, you got to kiss some serious booty. That's why you got to get on one knee. Yeah. Um. Well, then I guess that's it for characters. Um, yeah, I think so. Let's talk about Wait. Roland Emmerich for a second. Uh, director so Roland Emmerich does not have a great filmography to some people um okay so he is da, 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 he is German but he didn't really start hitting it big until I wouldn't even say Universal Soldier I would think Stargate was probably his first hit um and then there was Independence Day in 1998, he made Godzilla. That's the one with Matthew Broderick, Raceland. The and, uh, one I enjoy. The, the bad Godzilla. The one I enjoy. It is the bad Godzilla, even though it's kind of a guilty pleasure. Yeah. Um, in the year 2000, he made The Patriot with Mel Gibson. A movie I like. Never seen it. Uh, in 2004, 2004, he makes The Day After Tomorrow. I like that movie. Yep, another movie I like. 2008, he made 10,000 BC. You guys remember that movie? I think I I've do. seen it one time. I watched it like I think three times, and hoping I would like it more. Uh, the movie wasn't great. I saw it like seven times. I wasn't impressed. <laughs> so in the year two thousand nine, he makes the movie two thousand twelve. I like that movie too. I like that movie too. It's it's really <laughs> stupid, but I like oh, yeah. it. Yeah. And then after that, movies. I've actually not seen any of his movies after that. Except for the sequel to Independence Day. I haven't um, seen that yet. Let's see here. I haven't seen that one either. I heard it was really bad. Well. Um We'll get to that later. Okay. Nope, I haven't seen that one. Moonfall. Moonfall's his last movie, which I hear is really dumb, but I kinda wanna watch it anyway. I feel like you don't you don't really go into a Roland Emmerich movie for like a smart movie yeah. but he does like disasters and explosions and uh i guess charm characters. charming characters like, there's nothing in this movie made me cry in the what nothing you in this movie made me cry anything in independence day no oh my gosh you're such a heart of stone that's not true stranger things made me cry quite a bit yesterday well, that okay. So maybe you used up all your tears. I, I probably I did. Know. Yeah, my eyes are so dry because I, I flooded I, my apartment three times. I've cried during this film. Three times. Okay. All right, Nate. Yeah. What, what? I got emotion. I got emotional I, I, at one scene, but I'm over like. <laughs> Nate, what made you cry? I don't ever like like just tie, like a single tear or two come down. Like oh, Nate, what? Man. Nate, what made you cry? Uh, the first one when Will Smith's buddy dies. He was in the movie for like less than five minutes all together on screen. It's called Empathy, and 
when he died, it just made me think, oh man. Like, Will Smith didn't even cry. Will I know. Smith was like, oh darn. Instead, he beat the crap out of an alien. <laughs> I don't have an alien to beat the crap out of. But it reminded me of. Yeah, Raceland. It reminded me of some friends I had that I've lost in the past. And Fair enough. It made me tear up. Uh, then the second time I cried a bit was when the president's wife died. The only uh, time I got somewhat emotional during this movie. Man. All right. Uh, but yeah, that reminded me of a rough time that I had a bit. And then when Russell died, like. Who? The Russell. pilot. <laughs> yeah. There's something really like, emotional about the way he flew up and he said, up yours. No, it was more the yeah. moment beforehand saying, tell my jerker. kids that I love them. And his son knowing that his dad's about to basically commit suicide for his sake. Yeah, well, he saved the planet, so uh... I'm not. There was yeah, not an ounce of there was not an ounce of emotion in that scene whatsoever. You know what? More emotion was like his yeah, son. He did it. His right. son didn't even cry. I mean, his son was just like, "I'm proud of him." All right, I'm just an emotional guy, I guess. You're a blubbering baby. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's it. <laughs> Them's fighting words. <sighs> anyway. So that's that's Roland Emmerich's uh, filmography. Dean Devlin co-writes most of his movies. Um, the score was done by David Arnold, who I believe does most of his movies as well. Um, and, wow, he's done a lot of movies, actually. But, yeah. The music in Independence Day, the the main theme always reminds me of that one Christmas song. Because it's like, and then it just makes me think of that Christmas song. Don't they know it's Christmas time? You know what I mean? Like, maybe it's yeah. just me. I hear it. I, I kind of hear it, but... I'm not a big music guy like you, though. So, I, I, I honestly pay didn't even pay attention. I didn't even pay attention to the music. I uh, pay attention to movie scores quite a bit. Um, so that this movie had a budget of seventy-five million dollars. I can't even imagine what it's made. Nate, uh, twenty-four million of that went to advertisement and campaign. That's crazy. Okay, yeah. hold, hold on now. So last point three million, uh huh, was for the trailer during the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. that makes sense. So, really, they made about they made this movie for what fifty million dollars? Probably yeah. Which is the same as last week's movie's budget after they paid Schwarzenegger. That's true. The uh, movie itself, I think, was only made in like seventy-two days. This okay. I'm just gonna say this. I think this movie still looks great. Oh yeah, it does. yeah. I didn't see any negative things about the way it looked. No, I I think the effects are really really good. Not just for the time. I think they still look pretty damn good. And... There's only one. Nit there's only one nitpicky thing I had. All right, go on. The very, the very beginning, talking about how it looks. Those transitions of like 
Okay. But for some reason, for some reason, I can accept the, those transitions in the 1996 movie better than I can in the 2000 movie for whatever reason. I don't know. I know. Also, there's like, st- after last week's movie, I don't think any transitions can bother me quite as bad. Not even the 2003 Hulk movie. No, we're not. No, no, no. Don't bring that up. The um. But honestly, though, for real, I think this movie still looks great. And I watched it in uh, 4K with everything upscaled, and I it still looks good. I think the CGI looks good. I think the practical effects, whenever there are any, those look good, too. Um, yeah, I, I would say this movie holds up. As yeah, definitely. Fu- especially, if it, like, visually, I think it really holds up. Um, so this movie was released... On July 3rd, 1996. Come on, you had one job. Well, yeah. That, oh, I wonder what day July 3rd was. Oh, wait. If- uh, it was probably a Thursday, but I, I forgot to mention. So this movie cost $75 million to make, but it made $817 million. Yeah, it... It was definitely a box a office success. success, yes. And um there was a sequel. Neither oh, of you have, neither of you have seen it. Uh, I haven't heard any good things. It came out in 2016. Hold on. Yes, it came out in 2016 in June. What the hell? You had one job. And uh I don't think Oh, you know what? Let's uh, we we have a bit of a question from our audience. How are we doing um, early? We're we're yeah we're gonna just do it now now because it's on my mind. And um, this is a segment I like to call um, "Who's Asking the Questions." Riddle me this, riddle me that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I don't know. That's a working title. So we have a couple <laughs> of questions actually, and uh, we're gonna get to them right now. Just let me scroll over on the Discord where you can join and ask your own questions, listeners. And uh, get out of the way, Nate. No, move. There we go. So, <clears throat> we have a question from our friend Michael. Just finished rewatching Independence Day, and it got me thinking. Does the fact that the sequel sucked so hard detract from the original? Now, obviously, you guys have not seen the sequel. Yes. What isn't the sequel just them having to go into space? No. Oh. I don't know much about the sequel. But I will say this. I don't think that Independence Day Resurgence is like the worst movie I've ever seen. It's just okay. it's just kind of mid, you know? Would you want would you rather watch that than Army of the Dead? Yes. Good. Um, I may not have seen the sequel. But I, to sort of answer the question, I cannot think of a single movie sequel that has lessened my enjoyment of the previous iteration. So it's hard to say. I, I, cause I Googled that question because I was like, what the hell? Like, why would that have anything to do with the original movie? And people seem to think that the size of the invasion in the second movie lessens the impact of the invasion in the first movie is it bigger 
Yes, obviously. It's yeah, it's bigger and it's more. It's just it's like they came back in full force. Gotcha. I mean, I could kind of see that happening though. But at the same time, like, don't sequels usually try to amp up everything? Yeah. Does the sequel have Will Smith in it? The yeah. Will Smith is not in the sequel. No, he didn't come back. That's, that's oh, like I didn't the know. one. I was... I was legit asking. I had no idea. Yeah, the one thing I did know about this is that Will Smith was not in it. Almost everybody else did, though. Yeah. Oh, Jeff Goldblum's back? Jeff Goldblum came back. Vivica Fox came back. And from what I understand, they actually gave a reason rather than just ignoring it. Well, they said he... mm. Yeah, I didn't want to... I do know what happens to him. I didn't want to spoil it for race. Hey, don't spoil it. I may watch it someday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the real reason is he was filming Suicide Squad. Yeah, the legit reason, but Which is, in canon reason. I don't know what the right choice was. Uh, I would re- much rather watch Independence Day Resurgence than Suicide Squad, though. Come on. I haven't even seen it yet. And you haven't I seen can't. Suicide Squad? No, Resurgence. Oh. So we have another question. We have one more question for this segment. Uh, this is from Alex. Uh, who in this movie is least likely to keep Will Smith's wife's name out their fucking mouth? Okay. Mm. Least likely. Yes, least likely. Uh, Probably the alien that got killed. Well, he's Most dead, so he can't talk. He's, he's dead. He can't least talk likely. Anyway. Yes, yeah, so that well, like, telepathically maybe. Uh. Race, let me word this in a way that you can understand. Who in this movie is most likely to talk shit on Will Smith's wife? Gotcha. Probably the Secretary of State. Defense. Secretary of Defense. Whatever. No, but I I agree with Raceland on that, though. Yeah, no, it's completely Albert, because he's an a-hole. He's an a-hole Albert over there. Uh, he would just hour. Will Smith would be like, "No, we need to do this." He'd be like, "Listen, just because you're <laughs> immediately smack." <laughs> so, um, you guys have more talking points that you would like to bring up? I do. I've got a couple nitpicks. Small, right. small nitpicks. I'm oh always boy. here for a nitpick. All right, so the scene where Will Smith's like, "I'm borrowing the helicopter." To look for my girlfriend. And then immediately finds his girlfriend and all the survivors in the massive destroyed land. I was just like, okay, that's so unbelievable. GPS, man, just. No, GPS didn't exist (laughs) in 1996. They invented it in Area 51 with alien technology. Yeah. But he left the White House for. No, he left Area 51. Yeah, he left Area 51. Yeah. But I was just like, Okay, like there's no way out of the entire wreckage of wherever they were at, they found her immediately. I'm just glad that they were able to get all of the survivors onto that helicopter. Like, right? They found wasn't... just the right amount of survivors to be able to right? fit on that helicopter. Wasn't there like, wasn't and not there, like, have to leave anybody people? behind? No, I think, well, they had like a, tr- yeah, maybe. Another, they did ha- fill the truck bed. There's another nitpicky thing that I think is funny being an American is that. The fact that they're, uh, when they were like, we found a way to destroy the ships, send the word across the entire world, and they all get their Morse code from the America, and they're like, oh yeah, we'll trust the Americans. Like, obviously, let's believe what they have to say without any questions. 
Well, at this point, I think they were going for, like, the world is pretty much on the brink. There's no real reason not to trust, like, they don't have a plan. Still. Might as well like, go with a plan, any plan, I even if it's a crap plan. I don't know. It was just, it was just funny to me because it's, uh, the United States is not known to be liked by other countries. So it's just like them just being like, you know what? Let's listen to America. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that one. I do understand where you're coming from, but I can also like kind of grasp what they were trying to go with. And the only other talking point I have is a positive one, and that was we said earlier the president's speech, in my opinion, is the best speech in all of movie history. Okay, I will I, agree with you. Yeah, yeah, I I can agree with you, and I have a nice little. Uh, behind-the-scenes tidbit about that speech. Alrighty. Yeah. yeah. So, the speech was so good that the crowd in front of him were not signaled to do a cheer yet. But oh, they did cool. it anyway because they he pulled it off so well. And the filmmakers decided to just leave it in because it was just that good. Do you know if the, 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 the guy who played the president, did he... Uh, like, Bill Pullman. It, did he improvise anything, or was it just written out? I think it was just written out, but he acted and said it with such okay. conviction and everything that the performance was just that good. Yeah, he did such a good job. He that really is, did. It's actually known as like one of the greatest moments in history, movie history. Like, yeah, I'll just say history. Like, it is funny because I often do forget that he was Lone Star, and just I had no idea that. It is such a hard connection between that epic speech and Lone Star. And him being like, Pizza the Hut. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh no, we got we owe money to Pizza the Hut. <laughs> like, uh, it, it was a good one. Yeah. Well, that's all, the, that's all the talking points I got. Nate? Uh, so, uh, yeah, I don't really think I have any... Yeah, I do, never mind. Um, so, a nitpick is, for me was early on in the film, Russell uh, crops the wrong field. and He dusts the, farmer, the wrong field. Yeah, dusts the wrong field. The crops field. are in so, the field, Nate. I'm nitpicking you. You are... I appreciate that, Ty. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Uh, but the farmer, like, goes to his kids, throws the dehydrated vegetables on the ground, like, your dad didn't do his job. His job has nothing to do with keeping those vegetables watered. That's the farmer's job. So the farmer is literally just blaming him for messing up his own crops. Man, you are nitpicking at, like, the smallest little things. Yeah. Yes, I am. You know, he really, uh, you he know really likes Randy Quaid's character, and he didn't like the, the guy who was being mean to him. No. Oh, man. Wait, the guy who wasn't being, or being mean to him. Yeah, he's gonna fire him. Don't say that about Randy Quaid's character. You're nitpicking. I don't understand who you're talking about. Are we talking the farmer? About Major Mitchell? No. Oh, the farmer. Yeah, yeah. No, the farmer was an idiot. Yeah. He I'm was blaming a lot of time on this farm. Yeah, that's fine. We're uh, spending a lot of time on this farm. So, I think that's all the nitpicking I have. But there oh, are God. like some. I'm sure there are some like. 
don't know. There are some like little bits in the film that I appreciated, uh, like the laptop that David has has the a two thousand one or a, yeah two thousand one a space odyssey how yeah I, I saw day. that I like that that was a nice little it's a nice reference that that yeah. Raceland didn't get never seen it I know <laughs> uh so the movie apparently holds the record for having the most miniature model work ever damn and I'm we'll probably all the buildings exploding and stuff. Yeah, the cities and all that stuff. Um, and we'll probably continue holding that because model work for movies don't really happen on that scale anymore due to CGI and technology advancing. So yeah. it'll probably hold that record unless someone actively goes and tries to beat it. And I think uh, that's probably why this movie holds up so well is because everything you're seeing on screen was actually like there. Yeah. For the most part. Uh, almost all of the aircraft, uh, except for the ones where it like, visually shows people in them, were models. That's, that's awesome. Uh, the, so there's a scene where the city gets hit and the explosion's happening and it shows a fire truck coming at the screen. Uh, that fire, the model set guy said that the fire truck literally they just went to a store and bought a toy fire truck because for reasons they i guess they didn't model the fire truck uh but yeah they just went to a store bought it came over did the scene uh the ship in area 51 was a 65 foot model that's crazy like i just could not imagine like being able to see that would uh, it would be CGI so today? It wouldn't even be yeah, there. Yeah, of course it would be. Yeah, it definitely like you, be CGI. Yeah, like you could walk up and just touch it. Like, oh, it'd be so cool. I know everything looks. It, it, that's why I'm serious. That's why it holds up so well is because most of the stuff you're seeing on screen was something they actually shot and not added in later. Same reason why Star Wars, like the originals trilogy, holds up so well. Yeah, yeah, because they did use CGI. Except for when George Lucas put CGI in it in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> for the special editions, but, you know, it's whatever. Uh, so, before we get into our... Um, okay, go on. <laughs> you got two more. Nate's got two more, everybody. Two more. He's just saying peace. Oh, yeah, yeah peace, peace out, dog. Uh, so, final tidbit about the welcome wagon. The helicopter they outfit with all the lights that gets blown up. Stupid. Uh <laughs> It was actually during the test run for the helicopter. The people of Orange County didn't know what was going on and reported UFO sightings because of it. That's funny. So, yeah, like an actual UFO sightings were reported because of this film. <laughs> That's just... so funny. And then the scene where uh, Will Smith dragging the alien across the salt flats and he just yells out, what is that smell? That was actually improvised yep. by Will Smith because there was a horrific smell on set. And it was millions of dead brine shrimp at the bottom of the Great Salt Lake mm -hmm. nearby. So when he did that, they left it in because it was a funny scene. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. And what the hell but is that smell? I. That would just. Uh, this thought of having to smell millions of dead brine shrimp 
No, but let me tell you. Disgusting. Let me tell you how much I appreciate the fact that they were actually filming in that location and that it wasn't a bunch of fucking green screens. Yeah. Ned, it is very impressive the lengths they went and the lengths they went to to do this in the time frame they did this. Because like I said earlier, they did this all in 72 days. Which, which is, is insane. Extremely yeah. short for such an action blockbuster. That's why older movies like this are just done most of the time done so well because nowadays we can just rely on technology for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh that that was the last two of my little tidbits of info. All right. Before we get into our ratings of this movie, let's I'm going to take a look at the uh critical um consensus of the time. So on Rotten Tomatoes, uh Independence Day has a 67%, not bad. I mean that's that's above average. Uh, that's a D. That's a D plus. Yeah, you probably got a lot of those, didn't you, Raceland? I did. I'm not good <laughs> at math. Neither was I, buddy. I literally cheated through an entire year of school and passed because of it. And on Metacritic, the film has a score of 59 out of 100. It's an F. <clears throat> but uh, I didn't check the uh, audience scores for either of those. I imagine they're probably much higher. Yeah. Oh my gosh, critics are dumb. To be fair, I didn't even realize anybody, people didn't like this film until today when I actually read some one-star reviews. I was like, wait, what? Like, I, how? Yeah, I've never heard a single negative thing about this movie ever. Yeah, and those reviews, oh my gosh, they were, they were horrible reviews. Several, well, several critics expressed disappointment with the quality of the film's special effects. Uh, Man, it came out in 1996. Newsweek's, Newsweek's David Anson claimed that the special effects were of no better caliber than those seen 19 years earlier in Star Wars. I wonder what that guy thinks about movies nowadays. Oh, not yeah. only that, but like the effects in Star Wars were revolutionary for its time. Yeah, and if it like, ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, what, what is this guy thinking? I don't... Uh, that's Todd, Todd McCarthy of Variety... I probably shouldn't be saying these people's names, but this was 20 years ago. It's fine. <laughs> Felt the production's budget con- budget conscious... As- oh, excuse me. This guy from Variety felt that the production's budget conscious approach resulted in cheesy shots that lacked in quality relative to the effects present in films directed by James Cameron and Steven Spielberg. Now, to be fair, those are two of the greatest directors like of all time. When yeah. it comes Easy to these movies, uh, cheesy never doesn't always equal bad. By the way, and, and as I, I said it to you guys earlier, criticizing Independence Day for being a cheesy movie is like criticizing The Godfather for being a serious movie. Yeah, this—it's the um, point. Like, I mean, uh, I just want to go on a little tangent here. The um spaceships in this movie—they're all flying saucers, like the classic stereotypical. Yeah. Flying soft like a fin on top. Yes, and I love that because that's what it is. You're watching like a cheesy uh updated B movie almost. Like yeah. they went for the classic UFO design. They knew what they were doing. It's not this was supposed to be cheesy. You don't write stuff like that on accident. I guess you do sometimes, yeah. but I don't think yeah, I, will. I mean I'm pretty sure that they were going for cheesy. That guy will probably hated Fifth Element. <laughs> that movie is Never sci-fi cheese whatsoever oh you will i'll make sure of that buddy every movie you've mentioned like i've never seen on this podcast today 
it hurts. So that's that's the critical consensus of the I'm, time. I'm confused by the budget conscious comment. Like how like compared to other films at that time, I I don't really know much about budgets until we do the research on the podcast, but that seems like a lot of money for a 72-day film. I'd have to see. Well, hold here, let's see. Just not only that, but uh I mean, that's more money than they spent on Jurassic Park. Not much yeah. more, but I, I think it was probably pretty comparable to most blockbusters of the time. Yeah, so I'm I'm confused about the budget conscience but comment. The only question I have is, uh, yo, let's take a walkie. Watch a movie with the you who we call Chalky Talkie. Chalky Talkie! Hello and welcome to Chalky Talkies. This is the part of the show where we decide which character in the movie would enjoy a nice, refreshing Yoo-Hoo. Nate. Uh, so for me, this is actually a pretty easy one. Uh, I'm going to say Dylan. Oh. The kid? Yeah. yeah like, that kid is definitely going to be like, I want a Yoo-Hoo. Oh, well, uh, in that case, I pick uh, uh, Patricia Wilmore, the daughter of the president. Okay. Okay. How, how about you, Rayson? Hmm. I'm going to say Miguel, after witnessing his father sacrificing himself to save the planet, he could relax with an ice cold... You to pour one out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that scene made Nate cry. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to bring up feelings. Sorry, Nate. Nate had to go get a you after that scene also. And yep. some tissues to wipe his tears. Yep. I needed right. to clean the snot from my face that has been hold my eyes out that has been chalky talkies um let's give our final thoughts and uh scores for this movie we're gonna start with Gracelyn. um well i have stated before that i do enjoy this movie and i think this movie is a solid easily Five out of five yoo-hoos. I love this movie. This is actually one of my favorite Will Smith movies. Nate? Yeah, no, I agree. Five out of five for me. Uh, because I love the action. I love the humor that's mixed in with it. I love with the some cheese. Yep, yeah, I love the cheese. I'm a big fan of cheese. Uh, love the storyline. And I love to nitpick, and it gives me just enough to nitpick. So, yeah, this is a five out of five for me. Well, I'm picking this is a one out of five. That's fine. You this might be, uh, I'm just going to say this movie is a classic. Um, it's cheesy, and it knows it is, and it's a fun science fiction movie. It is actually, I would say, just one of my favorite movies of all time in general. And I watch it every year around this time of year and for that reason every year every year mm -hmm. i watch it wow and this for that two and, a two and a half hour long movie man for that reason independence day gets five uh alien spacecrafts out of five and it absolutely understands the assignment and i do believe it is the first what's playing tonight movie to get a five out of five out of all of us yeah, yeah, I do believe that is agreed. Yeah, that I still don't see though why we didn't get a five out of five across the board with uh, 
where's the money but you know i don't know Raceland, but that brings me to my next point um we've reached the end of the show we'll do comments after this we've reached the end of the show which means it's time to pick our next movie each episode one of us is at the mercy of the other since uh i picked this movie it's raceland's turn to redeem himself what are we watching so I had a tough choice between picking the movie I want to pick because I think you guys will like it or picking the troll movie that I just think will be funny for you guys to watch. I what? I can confirm being a troll is a very ingrained <laughs> within him. But I'm going to go with the movie I think you'll enjoy. At this time, we're going to watch, I don't remember the year, I, I want to say it's 1998. It's on HBO Max, the movie Blade with Sorry. Wesley Snipes. Okay. I've seen this movie. I so, enjoy uh, this movie. You are correct. It did come out in uh, 1998. 1998. You can watch it on HBO Max. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it is available on HBO Max. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. That's pretty oh, yeah. good. Yeah. And don't worry, if you enjoy this movie, maybe sequels be down the line. Well, yes. now I'm less Eventually. excited. Oh. But anyway, like uh, we got as good, but we got a uh, final thoughts, our final final words, Nate. Uh, yeah, I am looking forward to Blade. Looking forward to seeing comments on the podcast. Looking forward to so much in the future. So, yeah. All right, Raceland. Easily last comment. Welcome to Earth. All right. Yeah. Good morning. In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join oh. others from around the world, and you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind. That word should have new meaning for all of us today. Don't do the whole speech. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. Oh, we will sad. be united in our common interests. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July, and you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression or persecution, but from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live, to exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. And today, we celebrate our Independence Day. And subscribe yes please like comment and subscribe and also i know that was our final words but guess what i forgot to do would you oh the comments yeah we welcome <laughs> all comments if you want to comment you can down in the comment section on youtube or by emailing us at what's playing tonight at gmail.com you can also follow us on twitter at tonight playing there's also a link to the discord down in the description we'd love to hear from you uh should we read some comments? Yeah, sure. What comments we got? Uh, let's see. We Mario says that he only wishes we could have presidents like we dreamed of in the '90s movies. Yeah, no, I, I think almost anybody could would want a leader like that. Like that, I believe would probably be a global agreement. And then. Uh, uh, Alex says it's a classic. 
Yep. Oh, it yeah. is a classic. Agreed. Uh, Michael also commented, is Independence Day the best Roland Emmerich film? I think it is, honestly. See, it has the best speech, but I know, now knowing what other movies he did, because I'm not really into directors or anything, uh, I'm probably going to go with The Patriot. No, uh, incorrect. I like The Patriot. Raceland, mute him. Uh, then we got... <laughs> I think that's it for comments. Oh, let me check YouTube. We might have gotten a comment on YouTube. Oh, well, we got a long comment on our Star Wars thing from Nate, but I'm not reading that. Yeah, that that's from me. Um, I, I had to say my two cents. That was loud. Sorry for the short flash of theme song, everybody. Nope, no comments on the YouTube front. All right, well, that's it for the comments. Um, Man, those are my final words. Now we, I got to do it again. No, don't do it again. I got to do it again. All right, well, in that case... Um, we have been what's playing tonight. Thank you for listening. Uh, please like comment, subscribe, follow all that good stuff. And we will see you next week with blade. Mm -hmm. yep. And you guys can find me at lime night 64 74 across all socials. I do yeah. streaming and YouTube and all that stuff. Yeah. Wow. You're a, you're a, you're a, you're a real shill. You know that? I don't know what that means. Well, it doesn't matter. You know, I put your stuff in the description, right? Yeah, and you also did an entire speech quoting the entire president's speech. And now I'm going to do it again. Nope. Thank you guys for Good watching. Good evening. This is the morning of the 4th of July. <laughs> we will not go quietly into the...